0: What's up PTB Nation, welcome back after a little bit of a hiatus, welcome back to the Park in the Bus podcast here on the PTB Media Network. I am your host, the Mr. Mike Agustino, and this is episode 15. I know it's been about a month, maybe a little bit more since we last came to you here on a Sunday night to talk football. Your number one stop for Football Talk every Sunday night. It is here, the PTB Media Network, the Parking the Bust podcast. But I am back now. I am riding solo tonight. Uh, It's just going to be me. Leo is not with us tonight. But I'm looking forward to bringing him back on uh, next week, hopefully. And we'll have a ton more to review. But in this episode, there is an absolute... (laughs) There is just a plethora of content to talk about. So much going on in the world of football. We've got UEFA Nations League. We've got Euro qualifying. We've got playoffs coming in North America. We've got action heating up in South America and that's where we're going to start in this episode we're going to start in South America and in Brazil to be exact where there is news in the Brasileirão Serie A all right and the biggest news right now coming out of Brazil in the last couple weeks comes out of the biggest club in Brazil no doubt about it it is Flamengo and it was a short-lived reign for the manager, Dominic Torrent. Uh The Spanish or the Catalan-Spanish manager has been sacked by the Mingo. He he has been sacked uh, following a disappointing and somewhat embarrassing 4-0 loss in round 20 of the Brasile- brasileirao away to league leaders, Atlético Mineiro. And that was the end for the board at Flamengo. That was the final straw. No players were unhappy with the manager as well, and it was his second or third really bad defeat. Remember earlier they lost a five-nil, uh, humiliating five-nil visit to Ecuador into Independiente del Valle uh, in the Copa Libertadores, and this one was this was the final straw for for the for the commission or for the board at Flamengo. And they have appointed Fortaleza manager Rogério Ceni as their new manager. Rogério Ceni is widely known and remembered as a legendary goalkeeper for São Paulo, having played his entire career, all 576 professional matches with São Paulo. Um, and he holds the record for the most goals scored by a goalkeeper, which is 65. So this manager, Roger Euseni, scored 65 goals in his career as a goalkeeper. He took all of the set pieces. He took the direct kicks. He took the penalty kicks. Okay, He came up on corners when in late in matches. And he, he scored many different um, times, as you can see here, in a nearly 20-year career as a goalkeeper, 65. Five goals. Famous also for wearing the number zero one, one as opposed to just one on his back for São Paulo all those years. And Rogério has started off his tenure as manager of Flamengo with a loss to his former club, the club he played for of course São Paulo. That was last Wednesday. It was a 2-1 defeat at the Maracanã at home in leg one of the Copa do Brasil. Quarterfinals, all right, and the two sides will square off once again this coming Wednesday in São Paulo for leg number two. And Rogério Ceni and his Flamengo side are going to need to overturn that first leg result if they want to continue in the competition. And so the other Copa do Brasil quarterfinal results this past week. Now in Brazil, the the league and the cup they do not stop for international uh, breaks; they play right through them. And that's why we have we have important cup matches going on while players are away on national team duty. But that's why you have to build a large squad and a deep squad in Brazil if you want to win trophies. Now, in the other quarterfinal first leg matchups, América Minas Gerais would or América Mineiro would win one nil at home to Inter Porto Alegre. Okay, um, this is the Serie B side. Winning over one of the title contenders in Serie A. So this is a big upset for America of Minas Gerais. And then in the state of Mato Grosso. Another battle between Serie B side and a Serie A side. From the city of Porto Alegre. It is Internacional's uh, main rival, Gremio Porto Alegre. And Gremio would travel to Mato Grosso and win 2-1 to over Cuiabá. And Grêmio will return home to the Beta Rio Stadium with a 2-1 lead in two away goals. And the other quarterfinal is also in the state of São Paulo. And it is the one of the other big clubs in São Paulo. It is Palmeiras winning 3-0 at home over Sierra in what was the debut of new manager Abel Ferreira, the Portuguese manager who... Palmeiras has just signed he had just left uh, Pauk of the Greek Super League uh, he had previously won the Greek, group C, su- excuse me he had previously won the Greek super League with Pauk in 2018 2019 and uh, that will leave us with all four um, with all four second legs of the Copa do Brazil to be played this week uh, between Tuesday and Wednesday and next week we'll have an update on these Copa do Brazil matchups now back to the league back to the Brasileiro it is round 21 and whilst not everyone has played yet there here are the results this past weekend and around Twenty or 21, depending which team you are and where you are in your schedule, but on these, all these matches played on Saturday. It was Santos 2 Inter, Porto Alegre 0 another another bad result for the red half of Porto Alegre. Sport Recife 0, Vasco da Gama 2, as the league's other Portuguese manager, Ricardo Sapinto, picks up a win for Vasco da Gama Goias 0, Athletic Paranaense 1 Corinthians 1, league leaders Atletico Mineiro 2, Fortaleza 2, São Paulo 3, Grêmio 4, Ceará 2. At the Maracanã on Saturday, Rogério Ceni's second match in charge of Flamengo. And it is Flamengo 1, Atletico Goianes 1. More points dropped by Flamengo. And the champions are are dropping a lot of points this season. And what looked like would be an easy return to the to the crown, an easy return to the top of the Brazilian league before manager Jorge Jesus departed back in March. Um, I shouldn't say in March, back in June. Excuse me, um, is not looking so easy now for for the nation, for the Mengão nation, as they drop two more points at home to Atlético Goianiense, and in the final match of the weekend. It was Palmeiras 2, Fluminense 0, and Abel Ferreira with another victory. Two victories from two matches in charge of Palmeiras. There are two matches on Monday. Coritiba will host Bahia, and Botafogo will host Red Bull Bragantino. And then on Wednesday later this week, we start the next round with Atletico Minedo taking on Atlético Paranaense in a battle of Atlético's. And that is, of course, on Wednesday when the other teams are playing in the Copa do Brazil. All right, let's take a look then at the table as it stands right now in Brazil, in the land of football. Atletico Mineiro, as we said, are the league leaders. They have 38 points from 20 matches. Second place are Inter, Porto Alegre. They, are, they have 36 points from 21 matches. However, third place, and this is a team to watch for, it is São Paulo. They have 36 points as well, but only 18 matches played. They have three matches in hand on the teams they share second place with right now. So Inter, Sao Paulo, and Flamengo all on 36 points. Flamengo, 36 from 21 matches, 10 victories, 6 draws, and 5 defeats for the side from Rio. Fifth place right now is Palmeiras. They have 34 points from 20 matches played. Sixth is Santos. 34 points as well from 21 matches for them. One back in 7th and in the Copa Sudamericana places is Grêmio with 33 points. 8th is Fluminense with 32. 9th is Bahia with 25. Sport Recife also with 25. And same goes for Corinthians with 25. They're 11th from 21 matches. 12th place right now. The last spot with a spot the last position with a spot in next year's Copa Sudamericana is Fortaleza but they did just lose their manager Rogério Ceni as I said at the top two Flamengo they have 24 points from 20 matches and they're ahead of 13th place Serra only on goal difference but with a goal difference lead of a positive 6 goals 14th place is Atletico Goyanense. They also have 24 points, same as Fortaleza and Sierra, but with an inferior goal difference. 15th is Vasco da Gama with 22. Atletico Paranaense is 16th with 22. Goal difference uh, separating those two. And then in the relegation spots right now, as we speak, through 20 matches, Curitiba is 17th with 20 points. Red Bull Bragantino also. Uh, on 20 points in 18th, Botafogo as well, 20 points in there in 19th, and Goyas are bottom of the table, 20th place with only 12 points, they are probably in the biggest trouble of all, obviously, as they are getting further and further from the teams outside the relegation zone, but as you can see, it's a very tight race as right now, only, only four, Three points separate relegation to the Copa Sudamericana spots. But that's where we stand right now in Brazil. And a quick look at the golden boot race in Brazil. All right, in the Brazilian league, Thiago Gallardo is the top goal scorer right now with 15 goals, five of them coming from the penalty spot. He plays for Inter, Porto Alegre. Santos's Marinho is second with 12. And Flamengo's Pedro has 10 And then you have a whole host of players with 9 and 8. And that wraps up the Brasileirão for this week. But also coming out of South America, there was a draw within the last couple of weeks. A couple of draws, actually. As the Comneball Ball drew the round of 16 for both the Copa Sudamericana and the Copa Libertadores. And uh, I do believe they drew out the rest of the tournament. Let me double. Yes, they have drawn out the rest of the tournament. So everybody knows their path to the final now in both competitions. But we'll start in the Copa Sudamericana, the Europa League, if you will, of South America. And in round of 16 match, number one is Uruguayan side Phoenix uh, taking on Argentine side Independiente, and the first leg will take place on November the 25th with the second leg taking place December the 2nd. First leg is in Uruguay. And then the next round of 16 match, you have Brazilian side Bahia taking on Argentinian side Union, and the first leg will be in Salvador in Brazil on November the 24th with the second leg taking place December the 5th. The next matchup is the Colombian side, Junior Barranquilla. They will take on Chilean side, Union La Celera. And the first leg will be in Barranquilla in Colombia on November the 26th with the second leg on December the 3rd in Chile. Then then you have Uruguayan side, River Plate taking on Chilean side, Universidad Católica. The first leg will be in Montevideo on the 26th of November. The second leg will be in San Carlos de de Aponquindo, Santiago, um, in Santiago, Chile, Universidad Católica, taking on River Plate of Montevideo, not to be confused with the River Plate of Buenos Aires in Argentina. Next matchup, you have Argentinian side Vélez-Sarsfield taking on Colombian side Deportivo Cali. First leg in Buenos Aires at the Estadio Jose Amafani uh, in Buenos Aires. That is home of Vélez-Sarsfield. The second leg will play in the Estadio Deportivo Cali in Palmira in the state of Cali, Colombia. Now, the next matchup puts Colombians uh, Colombian sorry, it puts a Chilean side up against a Peruvian side. It is Cuquimbo Unido versus Sport Juan Caijo. And the first leg will be in Cuquimbo, Chile, as they will host the Peruvian side. The second leg will be in Lima, Peru at the National Stadium. And Sport Juan Caijo will host Coquimbo Unido. On December the second, so November the twenty-fifth in, in Chile and December the second in Peru. Defensa y Justicia of Argentina are in the next matchup. They will face Brazilian side from Rio Vasco da Gama. The first matchup will be played in Florencio Varela in Argentina, hosted of course by Defensa y Justicia. On November the 26th, and on December the 3rd, Vasco da Gama will play at the São Januario in Rio de Janeiro. And they will host the Argentinian side there December the 3rd. Uh, November the 25th, still, it is the Bolivian side, Bolivar, taking on Argentine side, Lanús. The first leg on the 25th, like we said, of November will be at the Stadio Hernando Siles in La Paz, Bolivia. And the second leg on December the 2nd in Lanús in Argentina at the Estadio Ciudad de Lanús. Lanús hosting Bolívar at home. Those are the round of 16 matches for the Copa Sudamericana. And in the Copa Libertadores, also already drawn out. And the road to the final already mapped out for these clubs. The first round of 16 match will take place on November the 26th in Asuncion, uh, Paraguay. It is Guarani hosting Brazilian side Gremio. Um, and then on December the 3rd, the second leg will be uh, will be in Porto Alegre, hosted by Gremio, of course, being visited by that same Guarani. Uh, the second round of 16 matchup is the... The Ecuadorian side, who were winners of the Sudamericana last year. It will be Independiente del Valle hosting Nacional de Montevideo of Uruguay. First leg in Quito. Uh, in Quito, Ecuador on November the twenty fifth. December second, the return leg in Montevideo. And then the next matchup is another Ecuadorian side. And it is Adelphine. Hosting Brazilian side Palmeiras. Palmeiras on a little bit of a roll right now. 25th of November they meet in the Estadio Jocai in Manta, Ecuador, and then on December the second they return to the Palestra Italiana at um, in São Paulo, now known as the Aliance Park, home of Palmeiras, and then match. Match number four in this round of 16 is another Brazil versus Argentina matchup. It is Inter-Porto Alegre taking on Boca Juniors. The first leg at the Beira Rio in Porto Alegre will be Inter, of course, at home. And the second leg on December the 2nd at the famous Bombonera. Boca Juniors will be hosting Inter. Porto Alegre so uh, if you don't know uh, the city of Porto Alegre is very very close to Argentina uh, it's in the southern tip of Brazil this is this is almost like a derby matchup between these two teams the next matchup is again Argentines versus Brazilians it is Racing Club of Argentina taking on Club Regatas Flamengo the defending champions the title holders as we speak um, Flamengo Going through their struggles, but they did win their group. They came out atop their group in the group stage. And on November the 24th, they travel to Argentina to take on Racing. And then on December the 1st, they will host Racing at the Estadio Maracanã in the return leg. Next, we have Paraguayan side Libertad taking on Bolivian side Jorge Wielsterman. The first leg will take place in Asuncion. And the second leg will take place a week later in Bolivia at the Estadio Felix Capriles in Cochambamba, Bolivia. Again, we have Brazilians versus Argentinians in the next one. It's Atlético Paranaense, the Copa do Brasil holders taking on the beaten finalists and the champions of the previous year, so the 29, the 2018 champions and the 2019 finalists, River Plate of Argentina, managed, of course, by Marcelo Gallardo. And the first leg will take place in Curitiba. Um, Athletic Paranaense will host the River Plate on November the 24th, December the 1st. The the series will shift to the Estadio Monumental in in, um, Buenos Aires where Atletico will visit River Plate. Uh, We move forward to the next matchup and it is the 24th of November in Quito, Ecuador. It is Liga de Quito hosting Santos of Brazil. And Santos will host the second leg on the 1st of December. And that wraps up the round of 16 in the Copa Libertadores. And that wraps up our first segment here on Parking the Bus. When we come back, it's we're going to talk uh, UEFA Euro 2020 qualifying playoff finals. Uh, by way of the previous edition of the Nations League, okay? It's a little; it can be a little confusing, but we'll break it down right after this break here on Parking the Bus. I am the Mister Mike Augustine. You follow the PTB Media Network on Twitter at PTB underscore Media and on Instagram at the same handle PTB underscore Media. We'll be right back. And welcome back to episode fifteen of Parking the Bus, and we're now moving on to Europe. the bu- The bus is. Pulling up and parking in Europe. And before we move to Nations League, there's a little unfinished business to resolve as most of you know that Euro 2020 was supposed to have taken place this past summer and did not take place thanks to the worldwide uh, spread of the COVID-19 pandemic that shut down basically everything. And unfortunately, is still lingering around and threatening to do the same again. However, UEFA is adamant that Euro 2020 will take place this coming summer, the summer of 2021, but they are going to continue to brand it as Euro 2020, I'm, I'm fairly certain. Um, but what else happened during that outbreak was that qualifying didn't complete. Uh, Many have forgotten about the four places that still remained vacant up until this past weekend. Uh, The final four spots in the UEFA Euro 2020. So it came down to four matches, four playoff finals for those final four spots. Now these four playoff finals were decided not by teams' uh, placement in the qualifying campaign. So now, if you don't qualify directly from qualifying... Okay, so if you're not in one of the top two places in your group for qualifying, and say you're third place in qualifying, that third place does not qualify you for this playoff. No, no, no. Um, these spots are decided by the previous edition of the UEFA Nations League. So yes, the UEFA Nations League is a very important competition, and, and teams some teams only picked up on this late, and they ended up getting bitten for it in the qualifying uh, campaign for euro 2020 and some big names won't be there or some medium-sized you know larger medium-sized names won't be there because they didn't quite take the nation's league serious enough but we have four finals one for the path from league d another for league c another for league b and finally a path through league a now it's a little bit of a of a complicated um formula for how they got these these teams in now Basically all of League A qualified, so the the teams in League A only, I could be wrong, but I believe only Iceland of the four teams in this Final Four for League A were actually from League A, so what happens is when a league like A does not have a four teams to take on this Final Four format of this playoff, they go to the next league and take the best four. So what happens is we're going to go through the four paths to Euro 2020 here. Uh, through the Nations League lineup in the performance of the 2019 Nations League. That was what put these teams in these matchups. Plus, there was a semifinal round played a month ago back in October where we got these four final matches, one in each path. We're going to start in League D and we're going to Tbilisi, the capital of Georgia, former Soviet uh, Republic of Georgia. And... Uh, Georgia would be hosting North Macedonia, a former part of the former Yugoslav Republic. So two nations trying to get to their first final tournament um, as independent nations. So this was a big matchup and, of course, unfortunately in an empty stadium at the Dynamo Stadium in Tbilisi home of of Dinamo Tbilisi, Um, and it would be North Macedonia winning 1-0 in North Macedonia, formerly known as Macedonia, formerly part of the Yugoslav Republic, also part of Serbia in Macedonia, a short-lived country uh, that was known as Serbia in Macedonia. They were around for about a, a decade or so before Macedonia became its own country, and then recently changing its name to North Macedonia. Um under pressure from Greek massed from the the residents and inhabitants of the Greek province of Macedonia, so um they they are now they are a nation now called North Macedonia, but anyhow, North Macedonia advances to euro twenty twenty and they will be placed in group C alongside the Netherlands, the Ukraine. And Austria. So, a big, big moment for the short history of football in the nation of North Macedonia. Congratulations to them, of course, on their accomplishment. Now, same day, we had Path C, and we would get Scotland traveling to Belgrade, the capital of Serbia. And it would be Scotland versus Serbia for a spot in Group D. And this match would finish 1-1 after 90 minutes. And it would be Scotland winning 5-4 on penalty kicks. Um, And the Tartan Army is going to be going to Euro 2020 in 2021 assuming supporters are well i mean i they may not be in the stadiums but they will certainly be in the cities uh, where where Scotland is scheduled to play and as long as the borders are open enough and there is actually rumor as to where this where this competition could still be played the plan is that euro 2020 will be played across uh, tw- i believe 12 cities and 10 countries uh, will host uh, this competition But there's also been rumors of it, of UEFA now researching the possibility of moving it to one country with Russia quickly emerging as a leading candidate to host the competition. But it is Scotland 5-4 on penalties and Scotland qualify for their first major tournament since the World Cup 1998. That was 22 years ago in path B. It was Slovenia traveling to Belfast, taking on Northern Ireland at Windsor Park and Slo- did I not Slovenia, excuse me Slovakia. Uh, it was Slovakia winning two to one at Windsor Park and they book their group their trip to Euro 2020. They're going to Group E alongside Poland, Sweden and Spain. By no means an easy group and I forgot to mention that Scotland will play in Group D. And they will face off with the Czech Republic with their old rival England, a match that certainly everybody's going to have crossed on their calendar or circled on their calendar rather. And then they finish up Group D uh, against Croatia. And like we said in Group B, Slovakia will travel to, not exactly sure where Group, where group. Uh, Group E is going to be played, but they will be in a group with Poland, Sweden, and Spain. And lastly, it is Group A. It is Path A and the final in Budapest. It was Hungary taking on Iceland, the darling of 2016, of Euro 2016. And like I said, the only team at this stage that's actually in League A. They had since been relegated um, to League B. But Hungary would pull this one out. Iceland would get on the board first. Hungary would come back with two goals in the second half, and Hungary will win 2-1. Hungary advance to Group F, and they'll open up their campaign at home, and they will host Portugal. They will also host France and then travel to Germany to take on Germany in Munich in match day three. So Group F will have two host nations in it, which has never happened before in the history of of uh, the UEFA Euro Championship. Of course, never have there been this many hosts, and it still remains to be seen whether or not the tournament will be held across the entire continent like this, or if it gets condensed and moved to within the borders of one or two countries. And that brings us to the UEFA Nations League. We've got results to talk about here. It's match day five across the Nations League and we're going to start in league D only 3 matches in this match in this uh time frame to talk about in league D there are fewer teams in D so there are fewer matches um in league D you have Malta winning 3-1 over Andorra San Marino draw 0-0 with Gibraltar and Latvia 1-1 draw home to the Faroe Islands the table looks like this or the tables In League D, Group 1, Faroe Islands with 11 points lead the way. Malta are 2nd with 8 points. Latvia, 3rd on 4 points. And Andorra are last place with 1 point. In League D, Group 2, the leaders right now are Gibraltar. So right now, Gibraltar and Faroe Islands are fighting for promotion to league C in the next edition and also they'll have a chance to play for a final spot in World Cup 2022 in Qatar okay because the same the same nations league um qualifying or I should say the same playoff format that we just talked about for Euro 2020 is in play for Europe's final spots in World Cup 2022 20- so, Gibraltar lead Group 2 with 7 points. Liechtenstein are second with 4. And it is San Marino in the basement with 2 points. Moving now to League C. And I have it here in front of me. There's some results to talk about. And we're going to start with the results from Saturday. And it started off Saturday with Azerbaijan uh, drawing 0-0 at home to Montenegro. And then Cyprus winning at home 2-1 over Luxembourg. North Macedonia victorious 2-1 at home over Estonia. Albania 3-1 victory over Borat's Kazakhstan, Belarus 2-0 winners over Lithuania. Georgia, they um, don't respond well to losing their playoff match. And in the next Nations League match, they lose 1-2 at home to Armenia. Moldova travel to Greece, and it is the Greek side coming on top 2-0. And Slovenia win 2-1 at home to Kosovo. Let's look at the tables now in League C. And of course, remember, these teams are fighting for both promotion and again for a spot A potential spot in a playoff to get to the World Cup. Group 1 is led by Montenegro now with 10 points. Luxembourg are second with 9 and Azerbaijan are third with 5. Cyprus right now in the relegation spot with 4 points. Group 2, it is the newly qualified, um, newly promoted North Macedonia side. They're top of the group after 5 matches with 9 points. Armenia are second with 8 points. Georgia... Third with six points. And Estonia right now in the relegation zone with only two points. Group 3 led at the moment by Slovenia. They're in the promotion spot with 13 points. Second is Greece with 11 points. Third is Kosovo with two points. And Moldova are are in the basement now. One point from Moldova um, from five match days. They're going to be battling it out with Kosovo. Um, to stay up in Group 4. Belarus lead with 10 points. Second is Albania. Third is Lithuania with 5 points. And Kazakhstan, our fourth, with 4 points. And that's where League C stands right now. We're going to move on now to League B. And we're going to read the, the results starting on... There were no results on Saturday, actually. So we're going to start... All of these matches were played on Sunday, so it was Slovakia winning 1-0 over Scotland between two teams that had just booked their place in Euro 2020. Bulgaria at home, 1. Finland on the road, 2. So the Finns pick up another victory, uh, this time on the road at Bulgaria. Turkey, 3-2 winners at home over Russia. Wales, 1-0 winners at home over Ireland, the Republic of Ireland that is. Austria 2-1 winners over Northern Ireland. Czech Republic win 1-0 at home over Iceland over Israel, excuse me, in Hungary, draw 1-1 with Serbia just days after they booked their spot in Euro 2020. The table looks like this in UEFA Nations League B, Group 1, Austria on top with 12 points from 5 matches. Norway and Romania each with a match in hand. Norway has 9 points. Romania has 4. And Northern Ireland right now in the relegation spot with only 1 point from 5 match days. Group 2 has Scotland atop of the table right now. Scotland have 10 points from 5 matches. They're 1 ahead of the Czech Republic while Israel are 3rd with 5 points and Slovakia are in 4th with 4 points. Group 3 is led by Russia and they have the same number of points as second place. Hungary, Russia, however, with a plus two goal difference, while Hungary has a plus one goal difference. That's the difference right now. Uh, as they are basically level on all other competitions, on all other uh, statistical lines. But let's take a look and see what there is. And they drew nil-nil when they played each other. So goal difference is the difference right now. Um And Turkey are 3rd on 6 points with Serbia in 4th place right now on 3 points. And then you go to Group 4 and Wales are the leaders. They have 13 points from 5 matches. Finland 2nd with 12 points. Ireland, the Republic of Ireland 3rd place with just 2 points. And Bulgaria right now are in the basement with 1 point looking at relegation to League C. And that brings us to the final uh, pairing, which is, of course, Ligue. And we will start with the fixtures as these matches were played uh, some on Saturday, some on Sunday. So the matches on Saturday, Germany 3, Ukraine 1, Portugal 0, France 1, Sweden 2, Croatia 1 in a relegation battle, Switzerland 1, Spain 1. Now on Sunday, November the 15th, earlier today, Netherlands 3, Bosnia-Herzegovina 1, Belgium 2, England 0, Denmark 2, Iceland 1, and Italy 2, Poland 0. There'll be more matches later this week in Ligue starting on Tuesday. You have Croatia hosting Portugal, France hosting Sweden, Spain hosting Germany, and Switzerland hosting the Ukraine. And Wednesday you have Belgium hosting Denmark, Italy traveling to Bosnia Herzegovina, England hosting Iceland and Poland playing host to the Netherlands. Let's look at the tables now in Group A starting group I'm sorry, in League A starting with group one. Italy sit top of the table after five match days, but everything to play for in the final match day, as they're only one point ahead of the Netherlands who have eight points, and Poland are only two behind with seven points. Bosnia-Herzegovina have only two points and have been relegated. But they can still change everything. If they beat Italy, they can open up a spot in the Final Four for the two uh, the two sides meeting off between the Netherlands and Poland. Now remember, I've been talking about a Final Four. Now in League A, there is a final stage to crown the Nations League champion. Uh, the defending champion Portugal were eliminated on Saturday by World Cup champion France. Um, so there will be a new name on the UEFA Nations League trophy as I, as so far France are the only team to have qualified for the final four, because we'll get to, well, we'll get to that group in a moment. But so, whereas the other groups are playing primarily for a chance to get a second chance at qualifying to a major tournament later in group A, they're playing for the trophy or in league A. And so in group one right now, Italy sits top group two. Belgium are top after five matches. They have 12 points. They're two points ahead of Denmark, who have 10. England are eliminated from the competition as they have seven points, and Iceland already relegated with zero points. Group three, I began to talk about if France punched their ticket to the final and they dethroned the current holders Portugal in a matchup that pitted the World Cup champion against the European champion and the Nations League champion and France came out on top 1-0 at the Stadium of Light in Lisbon and France is the first team to qualify for the final For Portugal second now and um, they're playing mostly to well they, they, Croati- they're playing Croatia in the final match day on Tuesday and Croatia is going to be playing to not get relegated out of Ligue Um, So Croatia is going to come in to win. Portugal, I guess, are going to be looking to be spoilers while trying probably to play some different players. And don't um, don't forget, Cristiano Ronaldo is playing to try to get to 109 career international goals. He sits right now at 102. And um, I, I believe he's going to play. I think that he's going to play just about every chance he gets from now until he either retires or gets to the 109 goal spot um, so that is something to keep watching for as uh, it's a little bit of a side a side objective if you will a personal goal and you could see in the friendly last week against Andorra that the other players on the team really want to get him this goal scoring record because he came on in the second half in a game where Portugal are beating Andorra four nil five nil and they're in fact, they may have even worn themselves out a little bit for the France match because they were working so hard to try to get Ronaldo more goals. And Ronaldo did get one, but then all the attention put on him opened up all kinds of space for guys like Joao Felix, Renato Sanchez, and and Bernardo Silva, which allowed Portugal to pick up a few extra goals. That one ended 7-0. So that's where Group 3 sits right now. Sweden will travel to France, and they're going to try to get a point to get out of the basement right now. Sweden are in the relegation spot on the head-to-head as they have three points. And um, Croatia also have three points, so the three teams beat each other. They are tied on on head-to-head, and I believe they're tied on goal difference, but Croatia have scored seven goals, whereas Sweden have scored three. And in Group 4, it's all to play for in the final match day. Right now, Germany lead with nine points after five matches. Spain are second with eight. Ukraine are third with six, and Switzerland are in the relegation spot with three, and they'll need a result in against Spain, and they will need to get out of the... They'll need to get out of that relegation zone. However, looks like it's going to be a tall order for the Swiss, and it's likely that they will be relegated. And that wraps up Match Day 5 of the UEFA Nations League. Now, we will talk about the Nations League. We'll talk about the Match Day 6 in next week's episode. And before we leave Europe, I do have one more league to discuss before we take a break here. And we're going to stay in Europe. And if you woke up here in the United States Saturday morning and forgot it was the international break. And forgot that there's no English Premier League. And you tuned in to NBC Sports. Well, you wouldn't have been disappointed. Because you would have woke up to a Manchester Derby in women's football. That's because WSL still going strong. And they had a full round of matches this weekend. As round seven of the WSL took took place. And let's go down the results really quickly in the WSL. As we look at match, oh, match day or round seven. And it got started Saturday, like I said. It was bright and early here in the United States. It was mid-afternoon in the UK. And it was Manchester United coming back from down 2-0 to their cross-city rivals. Their eternal rivals. Manchester City, and it was goals from starting off Manchester City with two goals in the first half, a goal from Chloe Kelly and another from Laura Coombs, made it 2-0 at halftime. But American Tobin Heath and Christy Hansen would would score in the second half, and that would bring United back and bring United level. The match would finish 2-2. In the Manchester Derby, also on Saturday, Aston Villa nil, Birmingham City one, Everton one, Reading F.C. one, Bristol City W.F.C. two, Tottenham Hotspur two, and Tottenham Hotspur is a team, of course, featuring uh, American international Alex Morgan, who who is still battling her way back um, after giving birth to her daughter. And uh, she, she played she played 45 minutes in this one, uh, was subbed off at halftime, but she is rehabbing and bringing herself back to full fitness. That one finished 2-2. On Sunday, West Ham United zero Brighton Holven Albion one and another big matchup was Arsenal 1, Chelsea one. Let's look at the table in the WSL. Seven matches played. Top of the table is Manchester United featuring, of course, Tobin Heath and Kristen Press of the United States. Um, They are one point ahead of perennial power. Arsenal, who are second with 16 points. Chelsea, third with 14. But Chelsea have a game in hand. Fourth place right now is Everton, 14 points as well. Uh, Seven matches played. Fifth is Manchester City with 12 points. Birmingham City, sixth on nine. Reading FC, nine points as well. They're seventh. Brighton, Holv, and Albion are eighth with eight points. Ninth is West Ham United, who have four points. And then in the bottom three, you have Aston Villa in 10th place. With three points, Tottenham Hotspur are eleventh right now, with only three points, still without their first victory this season, and Bristol City are in the relegation spot right now with one point. Top goal scorers in this competition, and the first, the top goal scorer, first place right now is Arsenal's Vivian. Miadema, she's got ten goals, while Jill Rood of also of Arsenal has six. Claudia Walker of Birmingham City has five. Caitlin Ford of Arsenal has four. Lucy Graham of Everton has four. Chloe Kelly of Manchester City four. Alessa Russo of Manchester United has three, as does Bethany England of Chelsea, Ellen White of Manchester City, Fran Kirby of Chelsea. Georgia Stanway of Manchester City, Christy Hanson of Manchester United, uh, Sam Kerr of Chelsea FC, one of the big names in women's football around the world, the Australia International, Valerie Govin of Everton, and Ella Toon of Manchester United, they all have three goals. And with that, we're going to take a little break here. And when we come back, it's going to be the final segment. And we're going to talk North American football as we get ready for playoffs in Liga MX and Major League Soccer. Keep it right here. We'll be right back on Parking the Bus Football Podcast. This is episode number 15 here on the PTB Media Network. Welcome back to episode 15 of Parking the Bus We are now pulling this bus all the way back home into the garage here in North America. And we're going to talk about North American football. And we're going to talk playoffs because that's how we do it here on this part of the world. We go to playoffs to crown our champions like it or hate it. Uh, It's just, it is the way that we do things here. And um, well, we're going to start south of the border in Mexico Liga MX Apertura. We got the regular season has uh, concluded. They're calling this the Torneo Guardianes this year in honor of all of the healthcare workers and everything they had done in Mexico during the. COVID-19 pandemic so let's run down the table now after 17 rounds remember no relegation at this time in Mexico Uh, first place is a little bit of a surprise it is Leon taking first place and by quite a margin after 17 rounds Leon with 40 points they are first they finish the regular season top of the table second place goes to Pumas they have 32 points from 17 matches and a plus 12 goal difference. And they just edge out their Mexico City rivals, Club America, who also finished with 32 points but with an inferior goal difference, only of plus 9. So they finished third. Another Mexico City club, Cruz Azul, are fourth. They have 29 points. And those four teams advance directly to the quarterfinals of the Ligija, as they call it down there, the playoffs. Um, So it's an expanded field this season. Twelve teams, not eight, advance to the playoffs. So those four advance directly to the quarterfinals. The next eight teams will play in a one-game playoff for a spot in the quarterfinals. Fifth place. And it's came down to goal difference between a, a berth straight into the quarterfinals or a place into this play-in round. But it is Monterrey finishing fifth also on 29 points, just like Cruz Azul. But with a plus-five goal difference, they finished two goals behind Cruz Azul. Uh, Their rivals in uh, Clasico Regio... Uh, Tigres were sixth. The other team from the city of Monterrey, Tigres, they finished one point behind their rivals with 28 points, so they're sixth. Chivas, Guadalajara are seventh with 26 points. Santos Laguna are eighth on 25. Pachuca, ninth, also on 25. Uh, Tenth place went to Necaxa. Necaxa have 24 points, while Toluca are 11th. With 21 points. And the final team to get into the Ligueja. The final team to get uh, into the playoffs. Is Puebla. With 20 points. One point better than 13th place. Juarez. Juarez have 19. 14th place went to the new club. Mezatlan. Who were formerly known as Morelia. Uh, They finish 14th on 16 points. Cholos, Tijuana finished 15th with 15 points, 16th went to Atlas who have 14 points, 17th Querétaro with 13 points and last place was Atletico San Luis with 11 points. So here are the matchups going in to the Liguilla into the playoffs, okay? And these matches will be played between the 21st and 22nd of November. They're yet to be finalized. Uh, let me double check if they've been finalized. My initial notes say they're yet to be finalized. And indeed, they will take place between the 21st and the 22nd of November. But there is no, no uh, date and time finalized yet for these matches. The 21st is Saturday and the 22nd is Sunday. So the first matchup pits Monterrey versus Puebla, and the and they will obviously will play for the right to go into the Liguilla. And the next the next matchup is Tigres versus Toluca. That match will be played at Tigres at the Universitario Stadium. Um, the Monterrey match I talked about just a moment, moment ago, that will be at the BBVA Compass Stadium, the home stadium for Monterrey. Chivas Guadalajara will host Nicaxa at the Estadio Akron, and Santos Laguna will host Pachuca at the Estadio Corona. So that then the 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 eighth seed. So the eighth seed will be the eighth. I believe they're going to reseed the teams once, uh, once these playoff matches are, these reclassification matches is what they're calling them. Once they take place, I believe they'll reseed the teams. And the 8th place team will, will play León in the first quarterfinal. The 5th place team, Cruz Azul. 7th place team will face UNAM. And the 6th place team will face America. And once you get to the quarterfinals, it is over two legs. Okay, the first leg of the quarterfinal will the dates are actually still to be announced. While um, well, it will be on the weekend of the 25th and the 26th or not the weekend, but it'll be midweek between the 25th and the 26th for the first leg and the second leg will be played on the ensuing weekend. And it becomes an absolute uh, demolition derby to the to the finish line in Mexico when you play two legs. Two games a week until you get to the final. So the quarterfinal will be two legs played midweek and weekend. And then the semifinals will be midweek of the following week, December 2nd and 3rd. With the second leg of the semifinals being played on December the 5th and 6th. And then in the final you have two legs again. And again the first leg midweek, the second leg on the weekend weekend. So it'll take six matches in three weeks. And for these teams that are in the play-on games, seven matches in three weeks, (laughs) essentially. Or seven matches in three and a half weeks to crown a champion. That's what it's going to take. You're going to have to play those matches. And at the end of it, on December the 12th or the 13th on that weekend, a champion will be crowned in Mexico. Let's turn our attention now north to the United States to Major League Soccer. I shouldn't just say the United States because that includes Canada. Here are the final standings this season, and this went on a points per game uh, on a points per game uh, system because not everybody played the same amount of matches, although. Uh, everyone in the Eastern Conference played 23 points. So we'll start, play 23 matches, excuse me. So we will start with the table in the East. The Supporters' Shield in Eastern Conference. Regular season title went to Philadelphia Union for the first time in history. They finished with 47 points in 43 matches. Toronto FC, three points back in second with 44 points. Columbus Crew SC, third on 41. And they just nudged Orlando City, Um, for third, Orlando City finishes fourth also with uh, 41 points. And fifth place is New York City FC. Sixth place is New York Red Bulls. Seventh place, and now you're in the play-in round. 7th uh, place went to Nashville SC in their in their first season in existence. So that is an accomplishment for Nashville SC. They finished with 32 points from 7 matches. 8th place, New England Revolution. They returned to the playoffs after an absence. Um, coached now, of course, by Bruce Arena, former U.S. men's national team coach and former Major League Soccer champion with both D.C. United and with L.A. Galaxy. Um they will they will host a play-in game this weekend when they face Montreal Impact, who finished ninth on 26 points. They're managed, of course, by Thierry Henry, and 10th place in the final team to get into the playoffs. Was another expansion team, another first-year team, enter Miami CF. They advance with 24 points. They edge Chicago Fire by one point for that final spot. Twelfth place, uh, very surprising, but it's Atlanta United finishing out of the playoffs and they're rumored to be interested in the manager we talked about at the beginning of this episode way back, manager Dominic Torrient who was sacked by Flamengo. There is talk in the Brazilian press that Atlanta United are interested in signing the former um, assistant to Pep Guardiola and then a 13th place goes to DC United with 21 points and 14th FC Cincinnati with 16 points. So, as we said, there are two play-in games in the Eastern Conference, no play-in games in the West. So, on November the 20th, which will be on Friday, 6.30 Eastern Time, New England Revolution host Montreal Impact at Gillette Stadium. And then later that night, uh, 8 p.m. Central Time, 9.30 East, Nashville SC host Inter Miami in a battle of expansion teams. Nashville SC of course are featuring one of my former players that Dominic Bajie and they will they will host Inter Miami at Nissan Stadium in Nashville both team both of these matches interestingly enough being played in NFL stadiums as Nashville Stadium not yet complete move now to the Western Conference and we have the first first place in the West this season was Sporting Kansas City 21 uh, matches played, 39 points, 1.86 points per game. Now, because teams played different amounts of matches in the Western Conference, points per game is what was used to determine their their placement in the playoffs. And second place, also on 39 points, but with an extra game played, was Seattle Sounders FC, so they take second. Third place goes to the, uh, the MLS's back cup champions portland timbers also on 39 points all three teams finished with 39 points but the timbers played 23 matches so their points per game is 1.70 fourth place minnesota united on 34 points from 21 matches colorado rapids are fifth and they finished with 28 points from 18 matches played they had the fewest matches played of all the teams in the league 1.56 points per match. Just edging FC Dallas who finished 6th with 1.55 points per match. 34 points from 22 matches played. LAFC sneak in in 7th with 32 points out of 22 matches. 1.45 points per game. And the final team into the playoffs is San Jose Earthquakes with 30 points from 23 matches. 1.30 Points Per match or points per game left out of the playoffs and somewhat shockingly also uh, Vancouver Whitecaps, Los Angeles Galaxy, Real Salt Lake and Houston Dynamo. So here is the schedule for the playoffs. As we said, we already talked about the play in games on the 20th starting on the 21st. The first round will begin in the Western Conference. And you will have Sporting Kansas City taking on uh, San Jose Earthquakes. Let's see here. On the Actually, I have the games here, I should say. Here is the actual schedule um, by the date where these matches will be played. So on November 21st, it starts in the Eastern Conference, Orlando City versus New York City. That will be played in Orlando, Florida. And then on the same night, and that's, a, that's actually a noon Eastern time kickoff start on the 21st, which is next Saturday. Um, at 3 p.m. that afternoon, Columbus Crew will host New York Red Bulls. Remember, all of these matches are single elimination, one-off playoffs, win to advance, lose, or lose and go home. So it's going to be just as frantic of a race to the finish in Major League Soccer as it will be in Liga MX. And then on the twenty second, we go to the Western Conference for three matches. Sporting Kansas City hosting uh San Jose Earthquakes at Children's Mercy Park in Kansas City. Minnesota United hosting Colorado Rapids and what should be very interesting at Allianz Field in St. Paul, Minnesota. You got two cold weather teams. Uh, I wonder if snow is in the forecast for that one. And then later on the later on in the day, on the 22nd, 7 p.m. Pacific time, you have Portland Timbers hosting FC Dallas at Providence Park. And a half hour later, Seattle Sounders host LAFC at Century Link Field. All right. And then on the 24th, the Eastern Conference quarterfinals will wrap up. As a Toronto FC will host either Nashville SC, New England Revolution, or Montreal Impact, whoever is the lower, I should say, whoever is the higher seed remaining, while the lower seed of those teams will take on philadelphia union later that night and so if inter miami wins inter miami will take on philadelphia union and the winner of of revolution nashville will take i'm sorry the winner of revolution montreal impact will take on toronto if montreal impact win and and inter miami win montreal impact will travel to face their canadian rivals so the the matchup will will be pending on the result as there will be reseeding all right let's take a look then at the let's look at the final scoring tally in major league soccer for this season as i bring it up here So at the end of this wacky season of a really long season, too, I mean, we had, of course, the shutdown due to COVID in the middle of it, or not even in the middle, in the very beginning of it, after just three matches. Then we had the creation of the MLS's back tournament, and then we had the resuming of the competition. So after all that, the the golden boot, if you will, the scoring championship goes to LAFC's Diego Rossi. Uh, with 14 goals, second place in scoring was tied among three players. Chicago Fires Slov- Slovakian Robert Beric, um, Seattle Sounders Peruvian striker Raul Ruiz Diaz, and Columbus Crews American striker Jasi Zardes all had 12 goals, while Jordan Morris of Seattle Sounders, Chris Mueller of Orlando City, and Christian Pavon of LA Galaxy had 10 the top assists for the season. There was a there was a tie. Three players with ten assists: Nicolas Lodero of Seattle Sounders, Alejandro Pasuelo of Toronto FC, and Darwin Quintero of Houston Dynamo. All had ten assists. Christian Espinosa had nine for the San Jose Earthquakes, and then a number of players with eight: Yimi Chara of of Portland Timbers, Lewis Morgan of Inter-Miami, Jordan Morris of Seattle Sounders, Mauricio Pereira of Orlando City, and Pedro Santos of Columbus Crew, all with eight assists. The goalkeeper with the most shutouts went to Nashville SC's Joe Willis, nine shutouts. There were five hat-tricks this season in Major League Soccer. Io Akinola of Toronto FC. Had a hat-trick on July the 16th in a 4-3 win over Montreal Impact. Diego Rossi had a poker. He had four goals in an LA Clasico or Trafico as they call it for LAFC in a 6-2 win on July 18th over the Galaxy. Santiago Mosquera had a hat-trick for FC Dallas against Colorado Rapids in a 4-1 victory September 16th. Sergio Santos for Philadelphia Union. In a 5 0 victory over Toronto FC October 24th. And Valentin Castagianos of New York City FC had a hat trick and a 5 2 win over the Hudson River rivals, the New York Red Bulls, on November the 1st. The MLS Players of the Month this season in August, Daryl DK of of Orlando City SC had the player of the month honors. September went to Alejandro Pasuelo of Toronto FC. And Valentin Castellanos had the player of the month award for October and November. All right, that wraps up Major League Soccer for now. Next week, we'll obviously give you an update on the playoffs. And before we go, I will uh, also give you a an update on Happening this week, so keep an eye out for these matches. I will have these results for you next week. But it is Women's Champions League, UEFA Women's Champions League. The second preliminary round will be played this week between Wednesday and Thursday. Here are the matchups, all right, in no particular order. But on Wednesday, NSA Sofia takes on F, sorry, ZFK Spartak Sub- Subotica. And ZNK Pormuje Balnici will take on Feren Vareovci of Hungary. And you will have the Icelandic side of Valor taking on Glasgow City. Glasgow City last year got to the quarterfinals. These are one off playoffs to get into the Champions League proper. Um, Gornik Leksna will host Apollon Limassol LFC. And then the big one that I'm watching on Wednesday for obvious reasons, and if you follow my other podcast, you'll know why, it's in Belgium. It is Anderlecht taking on Benfica, my club. In They are in history. I mean, already winners over Greek champions, Pauk, in the first preliminary round. Now Benfica take on the Belgian champions, Anderlecht. That's going to be Wednesday afternoon, 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. Um, which means it's 6.30 p.m. Portuguese time, Lisbon time. And, uh, again, the winner of these matches advances to the Champions League proper. On Thursday, another slate of qualifiers. FK Gentra Universitatis will take on Balerenga. F- uh, um, SFK 2000 Sarajevo takes on Aziltobud. KF uh, Vlasnia will take on FC Minsk. Olympia UT Cluj-Napolka will take on Guria Lanchuti. And SKN St. Pauten will take on Seska Moscow. So the winners of these matches will advance to the round of 32, which is considered the Champions League proper, and will most likely be drawn against the Sharks of women's football in Europe, the PSGs, the Bayern Munichs, the Leon, who have won seven straight Champions League titles i believe it's 7 that leon have won um and of course the WSL uh powerhouses as well there's two teams in 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 those leagues so yeah, this is an opportunity to really get to play on a big stage for those clubs and this is the end of episode 15 thank you for joining me here on the PTB media network signing off for the PTB media network it is the Mr Mike Agustinio and i'll catch you again here next week on the Parking the Bus podcast. Coming this week, however, keep an eye to this to this feed because I got Mr. Portugal dropping, where I'll look back at Portugal's uh, 1-0 loss to France in more depth. I've also got another Mr. Portugal later in the week to go over a Croatia match that's still yet to be played. Also, I am planning on having a review of the U.S. men's national team's performances. Uh, they had a friendly with Wales, which finished 0-0. Uh, back on Friday, and they're playing on Monday against Panama, so I'm planning to put together a little review of these two matches this week for you as well, and as, of course, as always, follow uh, the Mr. Benfica podcast as well, wherever you get your podcast, it's available basically everywhere. Um, all of these episodes of Parking the Bus will also be simulcast there, it will also be posted there. So uh, hello to everybody watching on that, or listening on that feed, I should say. And don't forget to, to follow PTB Media Network on Instagram and on Twitter, both of them, at PTV underscore media. All right, I'll see you next week. If you have any questions, concerns, criticisms, I'll take it all. Feel free to email me at Network at gmail.com. Have a great week, everybody, and enjoy the football.